Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-hosts, Miss Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've also got a festivals page. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories and posts, and we'll share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Hi, Miss Purry. <laughs> now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Uh, this is a returning guest, and I'm, I'm recycling some of my, my introduction from uh, our talk, first talk in 2019, because I still like these, the, these ways of introducing him. Uh, he is the bad boy of San Marcos comedy. Uh, I will f- always fondly remember him as Tony Cannoli. I don't know. He's, he works through so many characters. He may not even remember Tony Cannoli. Uh, he, more seriously, he, he founded the Texas State University Comedy Associ- Association. He is currently the co-host of Laugh Track and Smart Brain Seminars shows, and he is the host of the wildly fun Exploraphoria Uh, which is an experimental comedy show, and he's also here to tell us about some exciting news at Fallout Theater. And now, please welcome back. Comedy Wham presents our guest, Garrett Buss. Hello. Happy to be here. Hi. Welcome. I saw you giggle when I brought back Tony Cannoli. (laughs) Tony Cannoli, and also the bad... I forgot that I introduced myself as the bad boy of San Marcos comedy. (laughs) Which is so full of irony. (laughs) Uh, as as a parent and as a mother, I still am very worried about Tony Cannoli's health. Oh my gosh! Because yeah. that was quite a spill. I this is so inside bite baseball. <laughs> yeah, for for the listeners, I did a character. Uh, whenever Rob Gagnon uh, had the final Sandbox uh, comedy show, I did a character called Tony Cannoli, which was an Italian pizza chef. Um, he owned the House of Raviolis. I played the accordion. I had a big bowl of spaghetti, um, and at the end of my act, I spilled the bowl of spaghetti and slipped on it and landed directly on my tailbone. It was crazy. It was crazy. And have you recovered? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's good. Because, you know, oddly enough, I know plenty of people that have had tailbone injuries and they never recover. Oof. oof. Luckily, I don't think I I broke it. I just landed pretty hard on it. Yeah, that's good. Well... Well, uh, as you know, Garrett, I, I usually do an icebreaker question. Sure, sure, um, sure. And we'll revisit what yours was last time. Do you remember it? I do not. I do not. It whatsoever. was noodly. Noodly. Okay, okay. Do you want to revisit your, your past? Work? I'd love to. <laughs> okay. I'd love to. <laughs> All right. One word to describe your past. One word to describe my past. Hmm. Let's see. I, I think probably, um, hmm. I mean, Noodley's so good. <laughs> Noodley is like... It really captures you. Absolutely nail yeah. on the head. 
maybe like maybe a, a kind of different version of noodly so maybe more like spaghettified you know what i mean <laughs> not only did spaghetti play a big role uh, in tony cannoli generally but yeah. i think i think figuring out which specific noodle because there's so many noodles it, there there really are yes <laughs> okay spaghettified that's definitely a first absolutely <laughs> it's definitely a first well, um, when we last talked to you, you were just kind of settling into the Austin comedy scene after mm-hmm. graduating. You had done a fantastic job of landing in the FPIA finals mm-hmm. at Cap City, mm-hmm. and you're hitting your stride, and then something happened in March of 2020 that affected all of us. Oh, did something happen <laughs> in March of 20? I'm trying to remember. I can't think of anything uh, notable yeah. that might have happened in March of 2020. <laughs> So when between nineteen when we talked and twenty twenty, what kind of things were you were you involved with and For sure, for sure. Well obviously whenever the lockdown, whenever COVID happened and stuff, the first big change obviously is that no live shows, right? Yeah. So I I focused on doing some Zoom comedy shows and with with varying levels of success. <laughs> I had I had some Zoom I remember shows, one fondly. Which did you? Was it the Death Drop one? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> that gosh. was our online shows. That's that's a yeah. that's a big difference between Garrett in 2022 <laughs> and Garrett in the past. I was much more willing to just injure myself for jokes. I did a I did a Zoom comedy thing where I basically had a helmet, elbow pads, and knee pads, and a timer for five minutes. And I was convinced that I was going to, on camera, learn how to do a death drop, uh-huh. right? And uh, I just kept doing it, kept doing it. Every minute that would go by, I would take off an extra piece of padding and take a shot of whiskey. And my girlfriend was so mad because she was in the other room just hearing my limp body oh. land on the hardwood floor for five minutes. But yeah, yeah. so varying levels of success. You know, yeah, yeah. But, um, Zoom comedy shows, they were good, they were good, but they were very few and far between. I think yeah. I did maybe a total of like six or, yeah. or something like that over like a year, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing that I did, the big change for me, is that I got in contact with a public radio station in San Marcos called KZSM, mm-hmm. and we started doing uh, radio comedy, basically. So the first thing I did was, it was called Roscoe Taylor the Tallahassee Tween, <laughs> and it was a fully scripted i would script out these full like 45 page radio scripts every single week and then on Ooh. sunday i was burning the candle at both yeah. ends um, wow. it was this like you know western cowboy and his talking horse and they go on these like western comedy adventures and so got a group of guys together um got a group of people together and um started doing that had a lot of fun did the first season of that show and then I was like, this is too much work because it ended up being, I think, 10 episodes. That's like 450 pages over the course of like, I think, four months or something. So yeah. way too much to keep writing that. So instead, I got improvisers, a bunch of improvisers together to make another show. Um, we did one that was called Pork Walks at Midnight, which was like a noir kind of detective mm. improv comedy show. And then eventually we would do Lance Vibrato, Astronaut Attorney, which is... <laughs> A space lawyer that has like different <laughs> lawsuits where he has to defend different like aliens across space. Uh-huh. So, um, th- I love all of the shows equally. The Roscoe shows I love so much because it was the first show and it was getting everybody together and figuring how to, how to do like radio comedy. Yeah. But the improv shows are so much easier because you just get people together, figure out what your episode prompt's yeah. gonna be, and just start running with it. So, that was mainly my main way of like still doing comedy throughout 2020 and 2021 yeah. is like 
going down to the radio station, recording these, putting them up as podcasts and that kind of stuff. Um, now, since since shows are coming back and, and stuff, I have begun Exploratoria again, formerly Exploratorium. We received a cease and desist letter over 2020 from a museum in San Francisco that had the name oh, Exploratorium. Wow. And I was like, oh, man. So <laughs> change it to Exploratoria. And uh, so, I mean, at this point, Exploratoria rolls off the tongue. Uh-huh. But there were like three months, four months where I kept saying Explore. Yeah. They're just so close together. Right. Um. But so now I've been, been doing that show, and in the interim of 2020-2021, a lot of, like, you know, holes have opened up in Fallout's schedule, Fallout Comedy. Yeah. Um, so Tuesdays, specifically, were, like, free game. There's not a lot of people that wanted to do Tuesday shows, because especially whenever we were coming back from the pandemic, people would come out on a Friday or a Saturday, but Tuesdays were, like, very sparse. Not yeah. a lot of people wanted to come out at Tuesday at 9.30. So I had Exploraphoria the first Tuesday and the third Tuesday. And then I kind of talked to the head of like fallout development. And I was like, Hey, could we get some other shows going on in here? So the second Tuesday, I ended up getting a deal with Max Foster, Lexi Morris to do smart brain seminars, which is like comedy, Ted talks, PowerPoints. We have comedians present PowerPoints about different things. Uh And then the last Tuesday of the month, we do laugh tracks, which is comedians running on treadmills doing their stand-up, and every three minutes we bump it up a mile an hour, oh, so Jesus Christ. eventually they get to be, like, you know, sprinting at, like, seven miles an hour, so it's pretty good. No one's hurt themselves yet, That's which is... That's amazing. Ugh, that is, a blessing. Yeah. But, I mean, down at Fallout, they're starting to call me Mr. Tuesdays, oh. so... <laughs> That's the new nickname I'm gotten. I am formerly the bad boy of San Marcos uh-huh. comedy. Now, Mr. Tuesdays. I think we've got our episode title. <laughs> but yeah, things are going great at Fallout. Um, I'm so so happy that I can do uh, live comedy, and I'm weirdly thankful that because of the forced kind of isolation of COVID and all that stuff that I got into radio and I got into podcasting and stuff like that. Is that something that you're continuing on the side or are you way too busy now? Well, it's kind of a a bit of both. So I was pretty busy. We wrapped up season two of Lance Vibrato, Astronaut Attorney, um, a couple of months ago, but we're bringing it back Mm -hmm. specifically with Fallout. And so the past couple of months, I've been trying to... I've been working with Carlos Larota, Fantastic. Carlos Larota, <laughs> Love him so much. Um, specifically, turning the Dank Room, which is the farthest corner in Fallout, um, that's next to the prop room. It's this, it's this like little tucked-away area going completely unused, basically. There was some like old sound equipment laying around and like spillover props and costumes, and there was a bathroom in there, mm-hmm. but that, it was completely unused, basically. And um, I've moved from San Marcos to Austin in the, in the interim years, and I was like, I wish I didn't have to drive 40 minutes to the radio station in San Marcos every time, every week I want to do this podcast. Yeah. Um, so I talked to Carlos, talked to Fallout, and over the past like five months, six months, we've just been renovating that room and turning it into like a fully fleshed podcast studio. Wow, yeah. that's big. Thank you, thank you. It's taken a long time. Yeah. It was it was one of those things where I was like, eh, how hard could it be? Just get a microphone, oh, right? Just, but yeah, <laughs> so we, we repainted the whole room, uh, laid down carpets, bought a couch, bought a table, bought a bunch of chairs, got all the foam on the walls, mm-hmm. microphones, all that kind of stuff. So... Um, my first time doing a big project like this that also has like oversight 
You know what I mean? Because the theater's not mine. Like yeah. the theater's owned by people that need to pay rent and take care of facilities and stuff. So a whole lot of this past couple months have been like the logistics, getting everything kind of yeah. like set up for the podcast room. But now, uh, I guess to answer your earlier question, um, I'm excited to bring back the shows to, to continue doing these comedy radio shows in Fallout. Yeah. Yeah, and opening the door for others Absolutely. to do some podcasting. Absolutely. There. What is, uh, because I am a podcaster, I am very curious about this uh, idea. And I love this idea because I would imagine it's a great way to um, encourage more creativity mm-hmm. and to um, hopefully make, make some money to help offset all of the costs of being in a space downtown, uh, Austin. <laughs> so, um, I, are you going to be the inaugural uh, podcast or, or show yeah, of yeah, yeah. The Fallout? So basically, uh, an interesting... Because like, like I said, I thought this was all kind of very hypothetical at first. I was mm-hmm. like, we'll just put... Because it's, it's a... You know, uh, for people who don't know, Fallout is like a Fallout shelter. So it's already underground. So that yeah. really helps with sound dampening. Like... The old radio station that we were recorded at was next to a fire station. Oh, gosh. So very often <laughs> we would be recording, you know, like a space lawyer show and then have to all be silent as a fire truck runs by. Um, so this is underground. It's also the furthest uh, room from the theater, from the, the actual place where people would be like, you know, doing comedy and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's really good. You know, it cancels out the, the noise already because it's all concrete walls, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was going to be a lot simpler to get everything ready. But a thing that I didn't consider was like the logistics of a theater. Like, mm-hmm. like, like I said, they are in a position to make money. They want to specifically make sure that they have the rent money to continue to provide stuff. Right. So um, I fell in kind of a in-between kind of because I, I, I want it to be, I wanted the podcast room to be like a resource for the community. So many comedians in Austin have podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's like, you know, so many, so many podcasts. And a lot of people record the podcasts at home or on Zoom, right? Right. And that's very convenient and free. Like you, you own all of your own equipment. You have your computer with Zoom set up on it. Like, so whatever the, whatever the idea with the podcast room, it had to be more appetizing than what people already have and have set up over 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't want to like charge a ton of money because if we were like, hey, we have a podcast room, but it's going to be $50 for like an hour of podcast. I don't yeah. think anybody would want to do that realistically because, you know, they already have their own setups. They're already kind of doing stuff. So the middle ground that we fell with the theater is basically if you would like to have a tech, me or any of the other uh, audio techs working at Fallout, if you would like a tech to be in the room with you to run the soundboards, set up the microphone equipment, you would be paying them for their time, right? And so I think the rate that we have now for one show is $25 to make it worth that tech to drive up to Austin, park, and hang out there running all the mic stuff for an hour, basically. But if you would like to do it for free, we'll have seminars. You can basically contact Fallout and we will have a day where I or another tech will train anyone you want to run the soundboards, and then it's completely free. Huh. Then the, the equipment's just there. We'll give you the code for the lockbox to, like, you know, take out the soundboard and the mics and stuff. But I wanted it to be in a middle ground, you yeah. know what I mean, where, like, the theater can still make money, and the people that are actually doing the work to run the soundboards would be making money. Right. 
But if you already have a little bit of, you know, audio bona fides and you want to, you're like, I, I would like to record my podcast completely for free, then there's also an option for that. Like you can get training, learn how the soundboard works, learn how the microphone works, and then yeah. be able to do it without cost. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is, is like, like I said, I, I'm, I'm used to college, post-college, like very flashy, simple, like I'll set up a comedy show and I'll do a comedy show. But this has been a lot of like logistics, yeah, a lot of like yeah. planning and figuring out and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, super excited so, about so it. So are you the uh, the uh, the podcasting uh, <laughs> officer in charge? Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> the podcasting start, officer. Did you yeah, earn yeah. that title? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, Fallout, you know, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, we when when it was becoming the Fallout Theater and there was the big fundraiser, mm-hmm. we we threw in a couple of pennies and got oh, our nice. names on the wall. So that's you know I, I love Fallout and I love hearing new uses of space. Absolutely. And, um, the the creative types of shows that Fallout uh, brings to to the Austin community. Um, you are so so creative between these different shows that you've created and this podcast slash radio show concepts. Um, I, I, I always want to know, like, how does that brain of yours work to <laughs> always be like coming up with these creative concepts? That's very sweet of you. It's very, very <laughs> sweet of you. Um, I mean, for me, it was kind of like a necessity thing. So it was First off, I can't do live shows, so what can I do? There's this radio station. I'd like to do comedy there. And then I had such a good time doing comedy there, and then I eventually moved into Austin. And I was like, now it's a newest necessity. Like, how do I shorten the gap of my commute? Like, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. Especially, we would record, like, Sundays at 9 p.m., so... Being on I-35, you know, at 10.45 p.m. stinks on a yeah. Sunday night, right? So the necessity of how do I make this closer? How do I make this, like, work more? And then realizing that there's this space that's going completely unused at Fallout and then just kind of getting everything rolling on Fallout. Um, yeah, so just necessity. Just yeah. just how can I do comedy with this stuff that's kind of in yeah. front of me? I'm going to s- rephrase uh, necessity to uh, you need it to, like... Oh yeah. Be happy and and thrive as a human being. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I can't imagine a world where Garrett Bus is not doing something creative. I mean, that's the best part about being a comedian is that there's yeah. no way to like fail at being a comedian, you know what I mean? The only way to fail at being a comedian is just to fully stop doing comedy. Yeah. But even if you do comedy that's like not the best. I mean, I've done tons of terrible stand up. <laughs> but like as long as you keep doing it, you're going to improve. Everybody yeah. improves, you yeah. know. Yeah. Since uh, since you have run Explore for you now for, I mean, combined started, total of two three three years started now? in started in the summer of 2019 okay, and yeah. then had a hiatus right. for the the all of 2020 and yeah. then like I think about half of 2021. Yeah, what's one uh, one thing that you've done with Explore for you that you're, you like comes to mind as the like your favorite thing that you've done? Oh, of course. I think a big thing that's happened since... So I I made I made the Club Comedy Association back in San Marcos, and that's just a ton of incredibly funny individuals at that college that just do improv and stand-up and sketch and stuff. And uh, I graduated in 2019, 
And I'm very happy to report that since then, the club is just functioning and completely mm -hmm. running there with new members and new stuff that they're all doing by themselves, which is like, I love seeing it work. I was very worried that I was going to... legacy Exactly. <laughs> but so um, whenever I first came to Austin, you know, I was fresh, new, excited to, to take the mantle of Sandbox and turn it into my own thing or whatever. And so it was a lot more of a hectic... Uh, schedule. I was always reaching out, having people reach out to me. I never really knew what the final group of people that were going to be on the show were mm. until like the day that oh, we were gosh. doing the show, essentially. And I mean, I loved it. I had so much fun, but it was a lot more like reaching out to everybody in Austin and seeing who wants to be on the show, what, yeah. what people have ideas and stuff. And uh, now it's been enough time that people have like gone through the four years at comedy association in texas state and have now moved to austin and are now new comedians and so i've seen multiple groups like there's one group there's an improv group called pronounce zed that i love so so much mm -hmm. and they're all alumni from comedy association and then there's another group some alumni some still active members of comedy association called tempo tantrums and they're like <laughs> musical improv they like have a piano oh, and they'll fun. they'll make a whole like little improvised musical um, and so now I've had them come on to explore Euphoria, uh -huh. and it's great. It, it's fantastic. And yeah. so that's the biggest change with Explore Euphoria is it used to just be me by myself, and I was booking all these people. And now I'm able to get other people from this community, from Comedy Association, and also generally, obviously, still from Austin. Yeah. But it's very exciting to see them, like, blossom, grow up as adults, and, like, be kind of out in the comedy world. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I've I've been trying my best to interview people that are new to the Austin comedy scene, Absolutely. and part of my I've now taken it upon myself to share some history about the Austin comedy scene. Nice. So this is why we have Lashonda here Ooh, yeah. uh, Love the with us. Um, and one of the things uh, recently that came up is somebody said I didn't realize how experimental the Austin comedy scene was before like you know what they came into was a very brogan attitude and this is just the mm -hmm. word that I'm now trying to just I it's a shorthand no for, no no it makes perfect sense um you know the the type of comedy that I think people thought was the Austin comedy scene yeah, yeah, yeah. because fallout was closed Cold town had had um it's doors shut their doors closed. yeah so the the spaces that provided us with the experimental comedy experience mm -hmm. were 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 gone and now that they're back people are like oh i'm learning that austin was like super experimental before yeah. and it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what you want from a thriving comedy scene absolutely is a little bit of of, of everything variety and now now there's a lot of, you know, a certain type of comedy certainly, in certainly. Austin. And as if you have gotten to know some of the people that have, you know, moved into Austin to do mm -hmm. um, different types of comedy, how have you tapped into some of those people? That sounded so judgmental, but <laughs> no, no, some no, no, of no. those new faces certainly. to Austin comedy to, like, get a flavor for how cool and fun experimental comedy I mean, can be absolutely absolutely i've reached out to a ton of new comedians specifically for so i don't think i've even explained the premise of exploratoria no we really have i've just no. talked about it like it's this <laughs> yeah. understood thing. so exploratoria formerly exploratorium formerly sandbox <laughs> um was a show originally started by rob gagnon which was basically the, the the simple premise is experimental comedy do stuff at this show that you would not have a place necessarily to do in other places mm -hmm. right so the big key there is no 
typical stand-up. You know what I mean? You're not just going to go up, do five minutes, have a set, and leave. Um, it's specifically a place for people to, you know, do songs that you want to do, or do a dance routine, or do a front flip, or have a bunch of costumes and props, or do a musical improv. Just literally anything. Yeah. I will, I will never say no. I will let anybody on the show. It's a completely like free-to-fail, good show where you can just try out anything that you want to do. So with that being said, I have reached out to people doing shows at like Creek in the Cave, for instance, doing shows like all around Austin um, and let them know like, hey, this is a place to do weird, strange stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love doing that. I love doing that so, so much. Um, yeah. I have had a couple of instances where I've had to specifically I've, I've somebody's been you know expressed interest being on exploratoria gotten ready to do the show and then last minute i recognize oh this person is intending on doing typical stand-up we need to like oh. we gotta we gotta kind of last minute you know especially as a stand-up you don't want a lot of last minute changes yeah um but yeah kind of having to direct it like may, maybe they just do storytelling for the time that they're on or maybe they just specifically do crowd work the time that they're on so um it's interesting because usually it's so easy to find people that want to do strange experimental stuff, but especially right when we were starting back in 2021, I feel like while people definitely did want to do experimental comedy, there wasn't, I, I don't know how to explain it properly. There, there wasn't the exact same amount of like the ratio, I guess. In 2021, when I first started doing Exploratoria again, um, there was a large ratio of people the people that had still been active in the comedy community were primarily specifically doing stand-up yeah. because, like you mentioned, Cold Town was shut down, Fallout was shut down for quite a while. It feels like a lot of people weren't flexing the muscle. Right. So the first couple of months of Exploratoria was getting a lot of traditional stand-up comedians and trying to find mm-hmm. a way to make that work differently, like I said, with storytelling or crowd work or something. Um, and now in 2022, I have no issue finding yeah. tons of, imp- especially improv groups. That's another thing is that this year has been the year of improv groups. I've had a wow. ton of different variety, like sloppy seconds are incredible. Like I, like I mentioned, pronounced Zed we have on all the time, um, tempo tantrums, all these different improv groups that have different flavors. Like, um, pronounced Zed does a lot of challenge improv. So for instance, they'll have one improviser has you know, muting headphones on, one improviser is blind, they'll do an improv scene with different ah. senses taken away, or they, they've, they've done improv with a taser before, which I should not mention because I'm sure that's some kind of a hazard for the theater. So for all intents and purposes, this is a joke. This did never happen. But they do a lot of fun, like, like yeah. challenge stuff. So it's been great discovering more than I feel like in 2019, it was mainly stand-ups and then sketch comedians i had a lot of sketches come on to explore for you and now i have a healthy amount of sketches but like especially a lot of improv especially a lot of stand-up like so it just changes changes all the time constantly well that's great that you know now the the new faces in in the austin comedy scene know that there's a place for them to to try to do something different absolutely Um, I, i think this was still under the sandbox days but i I still remember uh, Joey Z <laughs> did, I, th- I think it was all about lamps. Yeah. And 
you know, that was before his glow show. That was yeah. before all of his experimental, wild, crazy stuff. And I'm like, you know, that was the germ. Yeah, absolutely, that, absolutely. Uh, you know, Rob started, but now you're you're cultivating, and it's absolutely. just very, very cool to see that happen. Yeah. Uh, the Smart Brain Seminar uh, is such a great idea. Uh, I remember... Oh, this was years ago. Uh, Mac Blake and Brett Vervoort did uh, some kind of like business seminar convention thing, and it was at Spider House. And I love that concept so much, you know, trying to just poke so much fun at the professional presentation. 100%. And I love that there's now, you know, a a regular version of that happening. Thank you. Thank Um, you. So what is, what's the... The, the funnest thing you've seen with your Smart Brain Seminar? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so we've, with Smart Brain Seminar, it was, it kind of came out of, again, kind of like necessity because we had so many PowerPoints on Exploratoria <laughs> to the point that I was like, yeah, I, I was like, well, we can't keep, I mean, essentially, if, if we have a bunch of PowerPoints, then it's no longer as experimental than if it's like just a couple of PowerPoints. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, me, Maxim Foster, and Lexi were originally coming up with a pitch for a show for Creek in the Cave. Mm. And we were just trying to think of, Colton Dowling basically reached out and said, Garrett, come up, we need more experimental stuff here. Come up with anything, whatever show you want to do, we'll, we'll do it, right? So I'm reaching out to Lexi, I'm reaching out to Max, we're, we're, we're figuring out pitches uh-huh. and at one point the pitch was a judge judy style <laughs> comedy show where the defendants would come to the stand uh-huh. and do comedy and it would be like a like a i don't know we didn't end up doing that we ended up totally changing it and like throwing the idea around a whole bunch of, until eventually we landed on ted talks and we were like okay ted talks there's tons of ted talks happening in austin like generally you'll, yeah. you'll see just flyers for like a ted talk happening somewhere um and this gave us a very easy way to like, everybody knows how to make a PowerPoint. Everybody's had to make a PowerPoint at some point. Yeah. And so it's a very fun shorthand, like a visual shorthand for, for stand-up comedians or any kind of comedian to like kind of present. Um, and so we set up Smart Brain Seminars as like, a, originally it was called Smooth Brain Seminars, mm. but then we decided <laughs> we wanted it to be positive, you know, yeah. Smart Brain <laughs> Seminars. Um, but so I think probably my, it's so tough to choose a favorite. I think my favorite's probably... Sam McCarthy, very funny improv comedian. He did a he did he's done a series of PowerPoints, but one that he specifically did was he was playing this character that's this like deranged conspiracy theorist guy that's obsessed with the idea that there is like a a, a doppelganger of him somewhere doing things essentially uh-huh. and like like living his life and looking exactly like him and like messing up his life or whatever. And so as Sam is presenting this PowerPoint, he's like telling you to look, here's the signs you should look out for a doppelganger in case Mm -hmm. they're like, you know, uh, taking your identity and stuff. But as he's doing the PowerPoint, you start to recognize that the PowerPoint has now been written by the doppelganger. And so the doppelganger has like taken pictures of him in bed and is like wearing his clothes and stuff, but it's him. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And so you're like, you're like, he's just very, very funny. So. I think Sam's Sam McCarthy's very funny flavor of Smart Brain Seminars because we have two different like categories. Some of them are presenting as a TED Talk, straight laced. I'm a serious thinker of the world, and here's my innovation. Or we have goofy, goofy comedians being like, "Hey, here's a goofy thing." Uh, and like uh, Sam McCarthy is one of the people that have had like horror like this this like kind of dread <laughs> dipped into his comedy uh, uh, powerpoints, uh-huh. and so. 
Yeah, I think that, that that's a notable one that yeah. comes to mind. Oh my gosh, so much fun. And as if that was not enough, then we have Laugh Track. Which oh, I love Laugh Track. I, am, I remember when Gabe uh, launched this insane Marcus, and mm. I, you know, to myself, I thought, that is the most insane and ridiculous idea. And then here we are, like five years later. I don't know when he originally did that. He did it in 2019 is whenever he started doing it. So originally he, so Gabe Cortez, fantastic comedian, also one of the bad boys of San Marcos Uh comedy. Um, (laughs) He, we had a place called, it still exists, Wake uh, the Dead Coffee House. It's Mm -hmm. this nice coffee house in San Marcos, fantastic place. They have open mics every Tuesday. And um, Gabe started a show when we were in college called Puns of Steel. And (laughs) basically my mom had this old treadmill (laughs) And so I got the treadmill, packed it into my car, drove it to San Marcos, and we set it up at Wake the Dead. And it's the same exact premise. You have comedians on. Every couple of minutes, you bump it up like a mile an hour. They're running. Whoever runs the longest and has the longest set wins, right? And so Gabe set up the show. I got the treadmill. And then I won the first show. And it all went straight to my head. My my ego inflated. I was like, this is the best idea. This is the best comedy show that's ever existed. And so Gabe ran out for a couple, uh, a couple more months, and then eventually, unfortunately, the the, the treadmill was no longer functional. We've had, we've had an issue with treadmills <laughs> because it's an interesting thing. The treadmills that we can afford are not necessarily the treadmills right. that work so perfectly well. And so we have a new treadmill now, and we have brought it to Fallout. And now, instead of Puns of Steel, just hosted by Gabe, it is now Laugh Tracks, hosted by me and Gabe, um, and. It was like the the third little puzzle piece to fit in to fill up every single Tuesday to have a comedy show like yeah. I, on every Tuesday, and uh, I was thinking about like, well, we've already you know we've already represented the mind now let's represent the body you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and so Gabe and I for like a hundred dollars on Facebook Marketplace bought a <laughs> defunct Gold's Gym treadmill so or I decommissioned I should say uh-huh. because it is janky it shakes a lot <laughs> oh, it gets really hot whatever it gets really hot it starts to smell a specific oh, way gosh. and like you can't hold on to the handlebars whenever you're going at like seven miles an hour because it will just jostle 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 so a new thing we have to do that we didn't have to do back whenever it was puns of steel is when we bring the comedians on pre-show and we're like hey just get on the treadmill test it out get comfortable uh-huh. with it so that when this thing starts to like <laughs> rattle and shake you don't get concerned <laughs> so we've been doing it for a while it's a great show i love it so so much it's a very quick way to get past i don't know it, it gets past some of the nerves that comedians might have or nerves that the audience might have because when you're running, especially if you're running at like seven miles an hour telling your jokes, you have no, you're so vulnerable. <laughs> so you cannot keep up any illusion of a separation yeah. between you and the audience. Like you, your timing is completely thrown out the window because you're like trying to like say your jokes in between breaths. Like you're trying not to fall and die. You're trying not to fall and die. <laughs> it's just so funny. And it's also, it makes Anything that you're saying is instantly funnier if you're running at seven miles an hour. Like anything, and so it's a it's like such a high energy show. It's so funny. It's so also it's like a nice thing to like. We have a timer for like every uh, three minutes. Gabe or I alternating will come out of the shadows and bump it up a mile an hour, and like we started at one mile an hour, and that's just walking. That's just normally walking, yeah. and then. 
two is kind of a little bit fast walking and then three at, at three you're starting to like actually jog uh -huh. from three to seven seven is the cap because we've done it at 10 miles an hour and it is not we <laughs> we would someone would break an oh, ankle boy. if we did it at 10 so we cap it off at seven miles an hour um and between three and seven every time we show up the comedians are just filled with dread they're like please <laughs> no please the audience loves the it, audience sure. loves it it's so so fun so Laugh Tracks is incredible, and it was like the last piece of the puzzle to like have all yeah. of the Tuesdays shows filled up. I'm curious, and I know that you as a stand-up performer are super physical, mm -hmm. lots of movement. So uh, have there been comics that are uh, similarly like super high movement on a stage when you see them do traditional stand-up? that have just had the craziest experience by being Absolutely. confined? And being forced to walk, run. Absolutely. Um, so many. I mean, I, I've seen Ron Leckler do laugh tracks. Uh -huh. He's he's a very he can be very physical. He he also is a very very tall man. Yeah. And so Ron Leckler on laugh tracks has been hilarious. Literally, the best part about laugh tracks is that with Exploratoria, we are completely free to fail. Right. If you have a you know if, if your thing doesn't go quite as well as you'd like it to. That's okay. I'll yeah. have you on the next show. Like it can always improve. There's no no wrong answers at Explore for you. And then with Smart Brain seminars, it's a whole presentation you're showing through. So sometimes some presentations hit a little bit bigger than some other ones do, right? Um, with laugh tracks, it's literally always funny. No one has ever bombed at laugh yeah. tracks. It's because even if the jokes aren't perfect. The performance of you running and like uh -huh. different comedians have done it different ways. Andrew Wagner did a bit where he starts wearing a t-shirt and, and I think shorts. And as he's running on the treadmill, he's like, oh man, it's getting, it's getting cold in here. And he puts on like a hoodie and he's like, oh man, it's, it's still, still so cold. And he puts on like pants and then he puts on like a big, huge jacket and then like a scarf and then like a winter jacket. on. And so he just oh keeps progressively getting covered in huge <laughs> clothes. And we've had the exact opposite. We've had a comedian start on with a ton of clothes and she'd be like, oh my gosh, and ripping it off to reveal like a little bikini top or something. Like, so a lot of comedians being very goofy and silly. And I think that the, the like you said, the constraint of the treadmill mm -hmm. really lets people like... I don't know, mess around with all of their comedy. Yeah. And we have yet to have either an injury, which I'm That's always amazing. afraid of. Every yeah. single time we do it, I'm always like, don't be the one, don't be the <laughs> one. Um, so we, we haven't had an injury on the show and we also haven't had anybody do poorly on the show. The show always like goes really well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much fun. Okay. So people need to plan their Tuesday nights around... That's right. A full evening at Tuesday Fallout. at nine thirty. Every <laughs> single Tuesday at nine thirty, I'm doing some kind of comedy show. Fallout. <laughs> okay. Well, Garrett, let's take a little intermission, pause, break to do our "Where Should We Begin?" card game questions. Absolutely. You're, you're going to pick a question from the two cards there, and I will ask you, okay. and we'll see how good of an improviser you really are. Sounds great to me. <laughs> All right. Which one? Okay. I'm going to go with this one. All right. Ooh. This is going to be hard for you to answer, I would imagine. You're such a positive person. A friendship I need to end. Whoa. Wow. Um, I got one. It's, oh. maybe, it's a, maybe it's a joke answer. Gabe. Maybe it's, no. No, 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 no. Maybe it's a joke answer. But I have a very toxic uh, friendship with my cat, Farkoof Jr. <laughs> I have a nasty little man. Oh. He's, a na he's a little tuxedo cat. He was a stray cat that showed up three years ago in my parking lot. 
and he was like rail thin but had like really you know low-hanging belly kind of cat so i could mm. tell he was like domestic before and was a big boy but had been on the streets for a while and now like skin and bones and so i immediately fed him every time he whined and he just got blimp size he got so <laughs> the problem is that i've only been a dog guy up until now uh-huh. and so i didn't realize how like manipulative cats can be oh, absolutely the eye contact oh the constant baby eye contact that this dude gives me <laughs> and so especially whenever my significant other she was uh, off she was out of, out of the country she was in italy for a while and it was just me and him and he would be like i want treats garrett and i'd be like dude the treats only cost like four dollars for a bag of a hundred yeah you're getting treats dude yeah just keep asking i'll keep giving and so he has become a little angry tyrant now so now he's he used to be maybe he wasn't maybe this is just me not knowing his personality but i used to think he was thankful for like being off the streets and having a safe home not anymore man he's a nasty little dude He's just so he's so <laughs> funny and and very cute, but like absolutely he needs he needs to get his ego in check. Yeah. So if any, I think if there's any friendship that is toxic that I need to end, it's that relationship with Farkif Jr. Because yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't treat me with respect. Okay. He yeah. T- he, I get he, it. I get it. He just takes it all. <laughs> well, and since you grew up as a dog person, you mm-hmm. know that you know I am a cat person. Mm-hmm. So this is. Um, my generalization certainly uh with dogs and humans the human is the commander you know they're, truly. The, they're the alpha truly and the dog respects the mm-hmm. human with cats no way flip Other that way around, his head. oh yeah <laughs> also it's so frustrating because it's like with dogs obviously you can train them they're very they're diff- they're very intelligent in different ways dogs and cats yeah. and like with my cat he'll like just throw up on my shoes <laughs> And I'll be like, I cannot punish you in any way that matters. I cannot convince you. If I, if I, you know, I don't know. I, I literally can't do anything to make him understand that what he's doing has upset me. Yeah. So I just have to be like, okay, that happened. All right. All right. He's just looking at me blankly. Maybe it happened 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Complete separation of like cause and effect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I, I did not know there was this dark side to you, Garrett. Truly, 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 truly. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's see what mine is. Okay. The person who challenges me the most. Oh, this is an easy one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my upstairs neighbor, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. my son. <laughs> that makes sense. That's that makes so sense. easy. Oh, especially as a teenager. I can oh imagine. Gosh. And I'm, I, can imagine. I am like, knock on, on wood everywhere. I, I've got a good kid. I've got yeah, an yeah, incredibly yeah. good kid. Travis but, is great. You know, uh, it's still... A challenge. All I can the imagine. Time. I can absolutely imagine. <laughs> Last night we had uh, dinner, and uh, the reason that we have an oven in the middle of the living room, mm-hmm. uh, as you saw, it's not truly an, an art piece uh, installation, is we had to buy a brand new oven right oh, before no. Thanksgiving. Oh, no. And I'm like, we have a refrigerator full of leftovers. We're going to have leftovers. And he <laughs> did not like that. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry. <laughs> it is what it <laughs> We're is. We're having leftovers. <laughs> R.I.P. for the oven, man. That's a <laughs> yeah. tough, tough time to go. Oh, man, it was. But uh, we tested it out, this the new one this morning, and knock on wood, we're ready for Thanksgiving. Congratulations. <laughs> it's very you. exciting. Uh, Garrett, I want to visit revisit something uh, from uh, back with our last interview. You had uh, made it to the finals of the FPIA, mm-hmm. and... Um, 
I think in 2019, because that was that was the last one that we had. And then Cap City, we lost Cap City completely until it was uh, bought by Helium. Did you uh, give it a shot this year? I did not give it a shot this year because I was still living in San Marcos whenever the oh. applications were going through. Basically, yeah. it's, it's very funny because I like had very starry eyes whenever I graduated or yeah. college. I was like, I'm going to leave. I mean, I love San Marcos so much. It's a great place. 78666 represent. <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, Austin was the big shining jewel, right? So yeah. I was like, I'm going to move to Austin as soon as I graduate. And I did. I moved to like, you know, an apartment in South Austin and started doing Explorer and stuff. And that's, I graduated in like May of 2019. So I had like a good half a year yeah. basically to kind of, you know, be officially an Austin comedian, which was nice. And then once lockdown happened, I was like, you know, I, I had a job. I was working at Favor, and I was also doing Dinner Detective and stuff like that. Um, things that w did not nece necessitate living specifically in Austin. Yeah. It's not like I had a job that was like one big commute that I had to go there every single day that was in Austin or anything. And so... I don't know if you know this, but sometimes Austin can be expensive. Sometimes. I was just thinking, I wonder if, if he might have moved out because of the housing prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It, 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 was, it was expensive, and also I had specifically moved to Austin to do comedy, yeah. and now suddenly no it was 2020 and I had no comedy to do. So yeah. I started doing stuff at the radio station in San Marcos as well, and I was like, okay, so currently, logistically, the only thing that's like calling my name is back in San Marcos, yeah. right? Yeah. And San Marcos is a pretty cheap place to live. So I moved in with my girlfriend and a couple of roommates, and we lived in an apartment in San Marcos for two years, starting in 2020, and then ending in like earlier this year. I, I moved this summer. Yeah. And so unfortunately for FPIA this year, I was not in Austin. I was, mm -hmm. I was coming to Austin, certainly, to do... I mean, I also work at Fallout and stuff, but... Um, I was not, didn't have a zip code. That, yeah, it's uh, one of their criteria. <laughs> but I'm in Austin now, officially. Yeah, okay. So next year, do you think you'll be able to of run? Of course I'll yeah. sign up for FBA. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, it'll be uh, fun to watch. It was a very interesting contest to to watch. I, I got to see a handful of prelim rounds. Nice. Uh, some semis and, of course, the finals. And it was, uh, you know, it was... It was a mix of, of old and new, and I was glad that some of the, the uh, classic, not old, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the classic uh, Austin comics, you know, did so well absolutely, in that, that top absolutely. three. So, uh, and some of the new faces, you know, they were, like, showing promise that, you know, next year they that's they'd right. fare just as well. I got to say, that's going to be, that's, like, the best surprise of 2022 is... I don't know. I, I got kind of a little down in the dumps about gloom and doom in 2020, as I think many other people did. Sure. But specifically seeing Austin's incredible comedy scene yeah. just be kind of stripped away. I mean, Cap City closed, Cold Town closed, Fallout was closed for a period of time. Yeah. And so like seeing all of these theaters that I specifically moved here to perform at shut their doors was like the worst, right? Yeah. It really stunk. But now... There's a new Cap City. There's a new Cold Town. Fallout is open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are, are also new comedy clubs that have sprung up in the interim. So yeah. I, I think the best part about this year generally is just seeing every everybody open their doors again. Like yeah. that's really exciting because I kind of just assumed it was permanent. I was like, well, there goes Cap City. Like I didn't expect it to really come back. And then yeah. whenever we did get the news it was kind of mired in controversy or is it going to happen this year? Is it going to happen next year? Yeah. Like 
a lot of stuff like that. And the same thing with Cold Town, Cold Town moving around to different locations and stuff. It all seemed very not permanent. Right. And so I'm super excited to see that like the doors are open again. Yeah. And it's it's exciting to see what the Austin comedy scene is in terms of like the national landscape. Like, Absolutely. We're super credible right now. We've got, Absolutely. you know, big and apparently from what I keep hearing is there's maybe two or three more clubs that are going to be joining yeah. the landscape. I've and, heard that as well. You know, it's you know, it's it's niche. We're kind of dancing around it <laughs> <laughs> because we have our beloved clubs and theaters and, yeah. and venues, but you know, it it is going to continue providing opportunities for comics um another thing that i don't think i've mentioned before but i got a new job in the interim i work at the paramount theater now oh yeah fancy fancy thank you (laughs) i was i was part-time box office for like four months Uh and then i've recently been promoted to so now i'm a a show manager is is the name of my title and i'm full-time so you know what that means i'm 25 i got health insurance hey I'm very excited about that. I love I, yeah. working at the Paramount Theater is incredible. And just this past week, Dimitri Martin played oh yesterday. Gosh. He's playing tonight again. He's been playing for the past three days, and they're filming all of the sets. And not yesterday, but the day before yesterday at work, Jimmy O. Yang was filming his Netflix special. Yeah. And so the Paramount was completely filled with cameras and lights and sounds and like tons of comedians. And I'm not, I shouldn't say this, but I'm, I know a good amount of information about this upcoming moon tower uh-huh. and it's exciting oh, it's so exciting wait. it's yeah. so exciting this spring keep your eyes open for moon tower because we got a lot of stuff cooking up at the paramount yeah. state theaters oh that's exciting so you get to also kind of be involved in some Absolutely. of the moon tower planning and all that Absolutely. incredible logistics i'm super excited about it i have to say and you can feed this on up up mm-hmm. the the ch- the, the ch- uh, chain I, but yeah, absolutely um I am very excited about the change that they're making to the schedule because oh yes as a you know comedy fan who wants to be in, as involved in Moon Tower as possible this year was exhausting oh yeah two yeah, yeah, weekends yeah. in a row of club shows yep. and that didn't even involve I think there was only one like high level show that I attended and that was the uh, Fly on the Wall podcast which mm-hmm. was at Long Center it wasn't even at Paramount but it was exhausting so I'm glad yeah. they're kind of shifting so the club stuff is all going to be on one weekend absolutely and that way you can kind of enjoy the the really big big shows for the two absolutely week and period. it's also going to be easier from a logistics standpoint at the paramount because in 20 last year in 2021 they had a weird situation where they in the beginning of the year did like a makeup moon tower yeah, for yeah. 2020 they were like well we couldn't do stuff in 2020 but here's another moon tower and then later did an official moon tower yeah. and so i mean the logistics of planning two separate moon towers in one year is cra- yeah. doing one is a lot of work i mean it's always a lot of work to run a theater but like moon tower specifically is reaching out to multiple separate venues that are not the paramount and getting them to do stuff and then having staff, having volunteers, having everybody be able to run it, and doing two of those in one year is just, it's chaos. It's, yeah. it, it's havoc. So 2023, it's going to be the first normal year, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm super excited for Moon Tower, and I just, I love working at the Paramount. It's crazy to go to work at, like, such an incredibly beautiful, fancy theater. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool, you specifically, because you have such a love in your heart for Fallout, you know, small black Absolutely. box theater, and now you're also working at, you know, big fancy pants theater with so much history and such Absolutely. incredible programming. Yeah. It's uh, it's the best. I, I often, I mean, 
my jacket has a bunch of fallout pins on it i uh very often i will have people come up to a show like like literally yesterday for the dimitri martin show um it was all sold out right the tickets are already bought they're already completely purchased the, there's not a single seat in the house that's uh, available and so people would show up and they would be like hey come on can i come uh, come to the show and i'm like i'm so sorry the show is sold out but if you go one block that way and then one block to your left, the Fallout Theater has shows 8 p.m., 9.30. And so you. any chance I get, <laughs> any chance I get to, to a disappointed fan coming to see a show at, at the Paramount and yeah. they can't get a ticket, I will literally always recommend that they go to the Fallout Theater and I give them the little pitch. It's a little nuclear bunker and yeah. stuff and so on. I cannot tell you how many British tourists I have sent <laughs> to Fallout's Away since working at Paramount. You're such a great ambassador. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, before we we start wrapping up, I I do want to give you a shout out also for I love that you have been with your significant other for so many years. It is such a sweet little love story. Thank you. So I love it so too. I, I wanna, love it too. I just wanted to, you know, it has nothing to do with comedy. But sure, 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 <laughs> I've sure. I've seen her at shows when yeah. uh, I ran a show back back in the day, and you, she'd come along. And, yeah, her uh, name's Bree, Bree Matherly. She's the best. Love of my life. Live yeah. with her now. It's just, now we live in a one-bedroom in Austin, and it's just me, her, and that little cat that I was talking about <laughs> earlier, so... <laughs> Yeah. She's the best. She rules. That's so awesome. And she supports you being gone on Tuesday nights for, Absolutely. Your, <laughs> for Absolutely. your theater. Okay. Uh, Garrett, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want mm. us to know about you? Update us on. I guess. No. I mean, the, the, the simple pitch, like I said, is just literally. Because also a big part of the reason why I did the Mr. Tuesdays thing is because it's difficult to tell people your schedule if it relies on numbers, you yeah. know what I mean? So like, if you do a show every Monday, everybody's gonna know, I can just you know set my schedule aside, come to the show on a Monday. Yep. But Exploraphoria for like years was, okay, so it's the first Tuesday <laughs> at 9.30, and then it's the third Tuesday at 9.30. So it's every other Tuesday, but not the second Tuesday or the fourth Tuesday. Uh -huh. And that's just like nothing, that's static <laughs> to people. People are just like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> So right. we did not have a lot of repeat customers because yeah. I would end the shows and I'd be like, okay, don't come here next week, but the week after. You got to remember, same time, 9.30, third Tuesday. Uh -huh. And so the big part of the reason I even did this is to make it easy, right? So yeah. now I'm just like every single Tuesday at 9.30, I'm going to be doing something. Maybe it's going to be comedy PowerPoints. Maybe it's going to be treadmill. Maybe it's going to be, you know, variety Muppet show yeah. kind of thing, but like <laughs> literally always something. Um, so yeah, that's the main pitch. But then obviously the reason I came here to talk is specifically about Fallout. Um, I would, I, I should probably send people to a specific email address if they're interested. Yeah, so, probably. Oh, give me a second. <laughs> I shouldn't send my personal email no, address no. because that would probably be an issue for logistics. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like I said, for Fallout Theater, um, we are opening up a podcast recording studio, basically. I have no service on my phone. You know what? We'll do. We'll do my personal email. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So, if you are, if anybody listening to this, say you're a comedian, say you're a civilian, right? So you just, you just, you have a podcast you want to do. Maybe it's an idea. Maybe you've never done a podcast before, or maybe you've been doing a podcast for years and years. Any any person that wants to record their voice on microphones. Before you say your personal email address, mm -hmm. I mean, could they write Fallout's general email? 
in contact? Yes, they could. They could? They okay. could. All right. They absolutely can. Okay. You could totally reach out to Fallout. Okay. I got spam filters. I'll okay. be fine. All I'll right. be fine. Go for it. Um, if, you, if you want to record a podcast, comedy or otherwise, you don't even have to be a comedy podcast is another thing. If you have a drama podcast, any, any kind of podcast you'd like to do, the Fallout Theater has a room called the Dank Room. Simply reach out to me at Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, might be dead, M-I-G-H-T-B-E-D-E-A-D, at gmail.com. Garrett might be dead at gmail.com. There's two R's, two T's in Garrett. Um, this might be a huge mistake, <laughs> but simply reach out to my email and we will look at the schedule. We'll, we'll look at the schedule. We'll, we'll find a time to get you into the podcast studio to record. Like I said, um, since we want this to be a free asset to the community, mm-hmm. two things that we're working on. Um, the first thing, the, the large thing that I still don't exactly have the logistics down yet is setting up a Zoom link, right? Say people don't want to drive all the way out to Austin, don't want to come to the Fallout Theater. If you have somebody running the soundboards and a person and, you know, people in person recording on a microphone, we're also going to have it set up so that you can have people come in from Zoom mm. and still record the podcast via Zoom link. So yeah. working on that logistically. But like I said, Reach out at garrettmightbedeadgmail.com and... <laughs> Don't say it too often because if I have to sound edit it... <laughs> it's going to be so many bleeps. I understand that. I understand that. Because by the time uh, your episode comes out, you know, you'll have we'll the have email. We'll have a different email. You're so we'll right. You're so right. I can do the, the dubbing. I can maybe have my teenage son just say that's it so over. so funny. That would make it really That'd be very funny. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's great. That's, that's great. <laughs> so and forget that. everything I said about garrettmightbedeadgmail.com. <laughs> And um, yeah, so like, like I said, to keep it free to people, uh, if you would like a sound tech, somebody that knows how to run soundboards, knows how to do mic volume and stuff like that to record, then it's going to be $25 for one hour and that pay will go directly to the person for the person to drive out there and, and come and, you know, do the tech. But if you're like, hey man, I want to do it for free, just reach out to Fallout, reach out to me. We will set up a day where I can teach you or a tech can teach you how to run the soundboards. And so then all you have to do is book the time on the schedule, write your name on a little uh, you know, clipboard basically saying that you came in at this specific time. We'll give you the code to the lockbox and you can set up the microphones yourself if you'd like. Awesome. Yeah. The, the Fallout podcast room is the main thing I, I, I want to get the word out on. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, Garrett, we have reached that point in the, the talk. Where? Shall we revisit what your your uh, future word was back in 2019? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember whatsoever. It was meaty. Meaty. <laughs> That's pretty good. Man, I have such a, such a way with, with... I must have been hungry every time I've ever come to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. One word to describe your future. Hmm. One word to describe my future. I want to say... Because this is aspirational, right? This is what I would like mm-hmm. the future to be. I would say focused. Ooh. Focused. I have a, a, a quality of kind of putting a lot of fingers in a lot of pies, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that can kind of bring my energy levels down because I'm like mm-hmm. burning the candle at both ends. So focused. I want to focus on a specific thing, maybe two or three things, but like a focused future. Yeah. Hmm. Very good. Very good. And not food related. I'm, oh, I'm if I shocked. had to do a one that was food I related, I can't even think I'm of a word. Shocked. <laughs> That's the new me. 
Well, we'll, we'll see if you get away completely from food when you revisit uh, us for <laughs> the third time. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham! Presents Garrett Buss. Garrett, tell us where we can find you on social media and if you, your chance now to plug your things again. Certainly, certainly. You can find everything that I do at GarrettBuss.com. It is G-A-R-R-E-T-T-B-U-S-S dot com. Lots um, of doubles. Lots, lots of, doubles. of doubles. I got two hours, two, two, two. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that, that tells you everything. That tells you what shows I'm doing and like the different stuff that I've been. I've also been in a movie. I've been in a couple what? of movies. An extra. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Mr. You know, Shining Star, but I was in a Richard Linklater movie called Apollo 10 and a Half, where I played a hippie with long hair that gets like a conversation about whether or not he classifies as a hippie because he's wearing bell bottoms, but his hair isn't necessarily the exact length of being a hippie. So oh my God. If you ever see Apollo Great. 10 and a Half on Netflix and you see a, a hippie, it's me. <laughs> I don't know why I thought this up. Now we're going to look. Yeah. I, so yeah, if you, just, if you go to GarrettBuzz.com, that's got pretty much everything that I do. But you said movies, plural. What's, what's the, the other one? Oh, I was technically, technically I've been in. I'm not trying to brag. Three movies. <laughs> Please right? brag. So the other two aren't nearly as exciting. The uh, second one is called Look Both Ways, and it is a rom-com that's been on Netflix. And uh, once again, I am... In two separate scenes, in one scene, I am a college party goer, and so I have a red solo cup. Me and this other guy, Sam Pierce, uh, we're just dancing around, having a good time, being silly boys. And then later on, I am a movie goer at the Paramount Theater. This is actually months before I worked at the Paramount Theater, but I'm an extra uh, in that scene as well, and I'm just walking around in the background of the Paramount, hanging out. I'm behind uh, the main main star. She's in Riverdale. I can't remember her name. She has blonde hair. Nah, it doesn't matter. Um, so look both ways. I'm briefly in it. You can see my little face. <laughs> Apollo 10 and a half. I'm in it and, and my face is... Also, I should mention, Apollo 10 and a half is rotoscoped. So I'm an animation. I'm not... Oh. It's like they took the visual footage and they turned it into a cartoon. Um, and then the third movie has not come out yet, but I believe it's going to be called Rearview Mirrors. And I am a off-work factory worker wearing a jumpsuit, chugging root beers at a bar. Uh-huh. So... Wow. Oh, I feel like we could add another half hour talking about acting. Is that, you know, something that you... I like I like to act. I like to yeah. act. But it's okay. Comedy's my main focus, yeah. you know. <laughs> focus, focus, but I'm going to do acting on the side. Exactly. Make that. And Netflix money. Mm, Got to get that sweet, sweet <laughs> Netflix residuals. <laughs> they give extras so much money in, in the film industry. I bet. <laughs> Do you even get to go to the, the sandwich table? To the sandwich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I went to crab services okay. and stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Garrett got to be the uh, comedic, uh, noodly uh, focused genius that you are today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham Presents Garrett Bus. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Garrett. Anytime. Thank you.